0: Good morning, and welcome to the third Sunday of Advent. Our theme for this week of Advent is the theme of joy. And as I reflect on joy, I have to ask a question, if you've ever had one of those moments where things just seem so great, you almost think you're dreaming, right? The old adage, hey, pinch me, make sure I'm I'm really awake. Uh, where life is so good that things almost seem surreal, almost like you're on the outside looking in and watching this beautiful story unfold before you. I think of a time a few years ago when Laura and I took our kids on a vacation to the island of Maui, and the whole trip each day just went from great to even better, and each day it was kind of like waking up in this wonderful dream. Our kids had a blast. Uh, Laura and I completely enjoyed ourselves, and it really was just a wonderful vacation. I remember thinking at different times, I just I can't believe this is my life right now. This is so, so wonderful. When I look back on it now, it certainly seems like a dream, partly because it contrasts so sharply with the season of life that we find ourselves in now. If Maui several years ago was like a dream, 2020 has been probably more like a nightmare. And as we look at the story of God's people unfolding throughout scripture, the Jewish people experienced their own nightmare seasons, uh, especially during the close of the Old Testament. Uh, The Jews spent around 70 years in captivity in Babylon. After their kingdom had been taken from them, they were herded off as prisoners of war, they were taken away from their land, and whole families were uh, taken away, or what was left of the families after fighting was taken away, and they were they were marched off. Uh, now I've taken my kids on a few nature hikes, little family enrichment activities, and I and nothing could terrify me more than being responsible to keep them moving on some kind of forced march with a an enemy army <laughs> all around me. I just... Oh, it's hard enough to get them to finish a hike. Um, anyhow, they they spent 70 years in Babylon, as the prophets had said they would, and I think sometimes we read over that in Scripture, we think, oh, 70 years in Babylon, that's a long time. No, it really is a long time. A lot happens in 70 years. And uh, for the Jews, I imagine over the course of all those decades, as different generations are passing on, there's almost a fading memory of that time when they were an independent nation, a fading memories of the good times that they had experienced, and amidst decade after decade of living as conquered people in a strange land, almost a, f- a fading sense of identity as the people of God. The theme verse for the Advent season has been from Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you, are with me. And we know that despite the difficult circumstances of exile, that God was with the Jews during that time as well. We know that he preserved them, he protected them uh, from annihilation in the story of Esther, and that he ultimately opened the door for them to return to their own land after 70 years. And in celebration of their return, as they Uh, went back into the, the city of Jerusalem, or at some point in the process of their return, someone wrote a song that has been recorded in Psalm chapter 126, and that chapter is our text for today. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. So, this is speaking of when they got to return to Jerusalem. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. So, you can just imagine, after decades of captivity, they're finally free to go home, and, and these people who are getting to go home, maybe they're in a place where they, they'd only heard stories of the city on the hill. They, they'd only heard stories of the promised land. They'd only ever dreamed of living somewhere other than in exile in Babylon. And now suddenly they have an opportunity to return home. And verse 2 continues, says, "...our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with With joy. The Lord has done great things for us. We're filled with joy. Have you ever been filled with joy? Moments for me in parenting, I I can think of times when my heart is just swept away by the joy of being with my children, experiencing their laughter, watching them grow, being left in wonder at the people that they're becoming. If everything else was taken away from me, I I can imagine I would be among the richest in the world if I still had my family. They give me so much joy. And then I imagine the exiled Jews who are on the march back to Jerusalem. They've set out from their homes in Babylon, and they're returning with their children. I imagine this walk was so different than the one that had been taken by their uh, family decades earlier. Uh, And and instead of walking away from Jerusalem in captivity, that that would have been like the valley of the shadow of death, all hope is lost, but now here they are walking home. It, It must have been like a parade. And remember from the stories of, of the reformers and Ezra and Nehemiah, how these people were loaded down with treasures and they were granted protection and they had commissions from the, the emperor himself to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and to rebuild the city. And in that moment, I'm sure there must have been times that they looked at each other like people who are dreaming and, and said, Pinch me, I, is it? could this really be happening? How is it that this is actually happening? I think this oftentimes can be the mark of God Moving in the lives of his people. It can be an indicator when we find ourselves in a position where we reflect on the circumstances of our life and we say in in bewildered joy, I don't even know how this is happening. Things are falling into place, the right connections are made, the right resources have been mustered, and it all kind of happens in the nick of time and not without much maybe angst and. And consternation is we're waiting for God to come through. I don't know why he tends to come through in the last minute, but you have these moments where you go, I don't even know how it's working out. I think one barrier for many of our modern families to experiencing these kinds of moments with God is just how much stability we have built into our society. You know, when was the last time that you cried out to God for your daily bread? When was the last time that you just knew, hey, if God does not come through for me, I am never going to make it? And kind of as an aside or a bonus encouragement in this sermon, let me just let me just say to you to, to be thoughtful in the coming year of ways that you can uh, be setting yourself up to trust God. Risks maybe you can take, dreams that you could pursue, things that could not be realized without God's overt help in some way, without God showing up and intervening and creating that kind of an experience for you where you go I don't even know how this worked out other than God is doing great things for me. Well, let's turn back to our verse for today. We're in verse 4. Uh, a prayer goes up. It says restore our fortunes lord like streams in the Negev. And that word Negev it denotes the dry southern region of the land of Israel. It's like a desert you know, my family one time visited Joshua Tree National Park. It's in Southern California. It's a park where the Mojave Desert of California and the Colorado Desert of the Southwest meet in that park. And as you drive through it, I suppose as you hike through it, but it was too hot when we were there for hiking. So when you, as you drive through it, you'll come along and you'll see these signs for flash flooding when you would drive across a, a dry creek bed. And these warning signs are out saying, watch out, there could be flash floods and you're looking around and it's 100 degrees and there's not a cloud in the sky and you're thinking there's no way. And although for, I don't know, 10, 11 months of the year, that might be how it is, uh, people that are there caring for the park know that with just, just a little rain, that dry creek bed can suddenly turn into a roaring river. And although it might look on a sunny day like you're standing in a dry, dusty riverbed where water will never come for the next hundred years, almost without warning, you could find yourself suddenly wading or swimming or being swept away in a river of water. And the climate and and geology of that desert region in Southern California, it's similar to some regions in Palestine. And so, this illustration is not lost on people who live where it doesn't rain 250 days a year. And so, for those especially living a couple thousand years ago in the desert where you can't just turn on the tap and get some water, they know what kind of potential a dry riverbed has. And they look at it and they know that you can't always trust what you see sitting before you. Sometimes you have to lean into what you know. And you know that at some point, the rainy season is going to come, and at some point, that river is going to be back. And so, this prayer ends up offered in the middle of this song, and it's saying, restore our fortunes, God. Like those rivers that come back to life, like the dry riverbeds that become streams, bringing life to a region, season after season, restore your people like that, God. And where we're headed, though, there might only be a ruined city waiting for us that was burned out generations ago. We believe that God is going to restore a city. And we believe that although the temple has been torn down and destroyed and burned, we believe that God is going to restore the temple and he's going to restore his people. He's going to bring them back to life, just like those streams that pop back to life in the desert. The psalm closes with this statement of faith in verse five. It says, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy and carrying their sheaves with them. At Christmas time, we celebrate the coming of a Messiah who restored the fortunes of humanity. A Messiah who took us from a place of darkness into His light, who transformed our destiny from one of death to life. He restored us into fellowship with the Father, he brought us back to God, and Jesus' coming signaled the end of an era, the end of a season, and the beginning of a new day, and a new kingdom that God is building. And so, I think it's fitting that we're reminded, even when we might be walking through a difficult season ourselves, that this is only a season. It will not last forever. In fact, the end of our suffering and the end of our sorrow has already been signaled by the coming of God, by this baby in a manger. Baby Jesus lying in a manger signals that the season of suffering is coming to a close and that the season of eternal life is dawning on humanity, that the end of suffering will be here soon. And so, for those of us who are sowing tears today, we can be confident that a day is coming when we, too, will reap a harvest of joy, and that we can join with the people of God, singing songs of praise to our God, because He is always faithful. Let's pray, Lord. We thank you so much for your faithfulness to your people that endures all seasons, and all changes in time, and all changes in the landscape, and all the changes of our lives. We thank you that uh, that your coming. Uh, signaled the end of the destiny of death for humanity and rewrote for us a new happy ending. We thank you that you are so committed to the happy ending that you will not let us go and that you continuously and fervently pursue your people. We thank you for your pursuit in our lives. Uh, Lord, where we walk through various seasons, I just pray that any of those who have sown for the year of 2020 in tears would realize uh, the harvest of joy and the harvest of gladness that you have waiting for them. I pray that uh, this passage, even out of this psalm, would be one that that speaks to us this coming year, and we are reminded time and again of your incredible love for us and your faithfulness and the joy that you are setting before us. Uh, We pray that you would have your way in each of our lives, that you would lead us in this coming week, and that we would experience the joy of just knowing you and walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen.